I just told Richie we bitch. Thanks for tuning in. We've decided to do something a little different with the podcast now for the rest of quarantine. So instead of FaceTimes, we're actually doing live streams. And you can watch these live streams on 1.37pm's Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash 1.37pm. And basically what we're doing is we're interviewing artists. Then the artist is going to perform a little bit musically. Then we're having fans ask Q&A. And then after that, we're having Aaron from the 137 p.m. team play some video games. So it's a fun Twitch stream. Tune in every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern. For everyone like tuning in on YouTube or the podcast or watching live right now, you manage 2K Baby. Tell us a little bit about how you got into management. So it's kind of a crazy story. It, it kind of just kind of just happened um so i'm a producer first obviously um and you know me and 2k baby have been friends for for a while and we've just been working and um just making music together and kind of eventually um we kind of got to a point where we were ready to release some music and um you know we kind of had like a just like an internal family and we once we kind of started thing, seeing things moving, we kind of had to, you know, get the ball rolling quick. So it was just kind of one of those things that fell into my lap. So I kind of understood, you know, you know how the business things ran kind of from previous experience because I used to have a job on Wall Street. So um, it was kind of like, you know, I, I had transferable skills and it kind of just fell into my lap. And, you know, next thing I know, I'm a manager now. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's kind of. That's kind of how I became a manager. I was just helping out and one thing led to another. And I was like, you know, if you're going to use this much of my time, I got to be involved officially, you know, so I, I feel you on that. All right. And it's actually, it's, it's amazing. I've learned so much, you know, from it. And I think it's actually made me a better producer um, because it's put a lot of different things into perspective for me that, you know, sometimes when you're a producer, you know, you don't really understand kind of like the supply chain of how things move and, kind of being in this position has actually, you know, really helped me become a better producer. I think it's important for all producers to really understand the business side of music. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to, we got some producers joining who want to ask you some questions, man. So we're going to dive deep into that. Let us know, like what's your favorite song that you've produced so far? The favorite song I've produced so far. I mean, it's gotta be old streets with my, my, me and my, um, you know, me and my boy Busta, we produced that beat. Um, and that was like the first song that we all put out as a collective. And, um, you know, it ended up changing our lives. So I guess that one's definitely always going to have a special place in my heart. Yeah. And it's about to go gold, right? Yeah. It's about, about to have my first black. So it's going to be crazy to see, man. I'm super excited about that one. So it definitely, I think that one's always going to be the, like my, my favorite record that I've ever produced just because, just because of that. So how'd the song come about? Like, like tell walk me through the process of it being created. So, um, it's crazy because, um, we all stay in Atlanta. We're from Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, uh, we all really kind of got together in Atlanta and we had this house that you know was our studio as well so um you know we were always working we were always working and um it was uh 
2K was actually was out of town for a bit, and his brother Busto is he was staying with us, and um, he had just started learning how to make beats, and um, uh, he was going through samples and stuff, and you know we found uh, the guitar, and kind of started putting it together and stuff, and uh, you know 2K came back uh, from being out of town. And, uh, you know, Busta showed him the beat. It was like, yo, look, I just started making beats. And, you know, just off the dome, 2K had this freestyle in his head. And they all got really excited about it and went outside and they recorded a video of, um, you know, freestyle video where 2K was, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it, was this, it was this freestyle video that ended up making the song go nuts. Um, and he just freestyled the video and when it blew up, we were like, well, oh shit, like we got to really produce this record now. Cause it was just, it was really just a freestyle at first. Right. And, um, you know, from there we took it to the studio, we recorded it and really like, you know, did a lot of post-production with it and, um, kind of got it to where it was at. And once we dropped it, you know, it went nuts. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. That, that's a cool story, man. Super organic, you know, just like yeah. natural. It was crazy, man. Like, it's one of those things, like, we had made so much records up until that point, but we had not been putting things out. We had just been really building a game plan. And we were actually, like, preparing for, you know, other stuff and, like, moving, you know, other things around. And, you know, it just so happened to be that, you know, this freestyle, you know, this freestyle happened to be the one. And it just it just went nuts. It's, it's one of those things that I feel like you could just, you can never really predict that, especially because, like, at the time, like we would have never thought that out of all the music that we had, that this was going to be the one that was going to go. So it was just crazy. Well, it's a good song, bro. It's a good song. <laughs> no, I'm glad you like it, man. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yo, we have a couple of people waiting to ask questions, so I'm going to let them ask some questions and I'm going to come back and uh, ask you some more. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Aaron, you can bring them in. Hey, Danny. How's it going? What's up, man? How are you doing? Good, good. How are you? Good, man. Thank you so much for doing this. No, most definitely. I appreciate you coming on here. Where are you from? I'm from LA. Originally from Peru, but I live in the LA area. Oh, that's dope. So you're a producer as well? No, I'm actually a music journalist. I actually wanted to ask you, uh, yeah, some questions like from a uh, manager's perspective, actually, because I know you have yeah. a lot of experience with 2K Baby, so... Um, I saw that you're, you know, you producer, you also play the piano. It's something you've actually shown in your social media. Um, from like a manager's perspective, how important, if any, do you feel that it's um, important for an artist, let's say like a 2K baby, to understand or play an instrument like a piano or a guitar in their artist development? So uh, for, for the artist, right? Yes, for artist development specifically. I think for an artist, I don't think they really need to know how to play an instrument. I think, you know, gotcha. for the most part, the most important thing, what I say about an artist is either they got it or they don't. You know what I mean? Like, um, when it comes to when it comes to your vocals, your vocals are an instrument, you know? And, you know, with the way production moves today, there's just so much things that you can do with vocals. And I feel like if you really understand kind of how to use and manipulate your voice around a microphone, um, mm -hmm. you know, that's your instrument right there. 
So, and it, it doesn't hurt to play an instrument. It actually gives you like a strong basis of music theory, I would say. Um, and probably does help a lot, but you know, uh, most artists that I've worked with, you know, don't play an instrument proficiently. So, yeah, you know, I definitely agree with you. I think nowadays, especially in hip hop, it's becoming much more melodic. And I agree with the fact that a lot of artists like their voice themselves is an instrument per se. So I definitely agree with that. I'd love to ask you another question if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're kind of following right now, just the rise in popularity of, you know, Latin trap and, you know, reggaeton. I'm curious, like, is there anything that you've seen just from like this genre that, you know, you would implement maybe in 2K Baby strategies, or maybe is it something that you can see 2K Baby being involved in some capacity? Right. So the cool thing is within our group is all of us come from different places of the world. I'm Lebanese, actually. So um, How are you? Yeah. So within our music, we actually use a lot of we use a lot of outside influences from different countries. And, you know, we do a lot of things that you might not be able to, like, realize just on face value. But a lot of the different things that we do, like, I mean, when I actually drive around in my car, you know, you, you, you said that, you know, you're a big fan of reggaeton. When I drive around in my car, like half the time, I'm, that's what I'm listening to. You know what I mean? Like I'm listening to, I'm listening to, you know, music that people wouldn't listen to because, you know, I think as a musician, you have to be able to always, you know, take in new sounds and be able to kind of, you know, put that into hip hop. And I think we've seen that a lot over the years. I mean, my favorite example is the way Timbaland really made it happen. You know, like he had, he actually used a lot of um, Arabic influence and stuff in, in his, in his mm -hmm. beats and, you know, and they made it go, you know? So I think it's really, I think it's really important. And it's actually crazy because 2K actually does experiment with a lot of things. He's got, he has, um, he's recorded on, you know, reggaeton beats actually. We, we literally just did, like a couple of weeks ago. So he's always trying to experiment and, you know, do new things. And cause you just never know what's going to come of it. Mm -hmm. Is that song that he experimented on? Is that currently out? Cause I'd love to check it out. It's not currently out. No. So that's current. Okay. Gotcha. I'll be on the lookout yeah. for that. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll hopefully come out sometime in the next, uh, you know, few. <laughs> Got you. Danny, man, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for answering my questions. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming. Likewise, be safe. You too. Yo, um, yo, I agree with you. People's voices are instruments, bro. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I really, I really, I really do. Like, I think sometimes that's get that gets overlooked because um, there's just so much you can do with with vocals, especially in today. You know, like in the age when we have things like auto tune and just like a lot of production. Like, you know, like I actually saw something really cool the other day. So. Uh, NBA YoungBoy dropped this song, and um, he took this he took this um, this clip from Rod Wave before he blew up, and pretty much they they made a beat out of out of that vocal, and that was what you know YoungBoy was rapping on. So it's like, you know, like that's something that I feel like you can't recreate on an instrument. So I think that's what's really cool to see in you know the way music is made today. It's like you know, it's actually less instrument, you know, instrumentation and more like, you know, digital. So. Yeah. Well, that, that's really cool. Where'd you see that clip? Um, I can't remember. It was on like one of those small blog pages on my explore page. And I, you know, it's one of those things that you just stumble on and it's just like, whoa, like, it's like, it's just like, it's just cool. Cause like you would, you would have never known if they didn't make that, that little clip, you know? Oh yeah. 
Yo, the reason I jumped in though, we got more people who want to ask you questions, but the reason I jumped in is there's a there's a pressing comment in the comment section. They're asking, when are you gonna produce for six nine, bro? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Aaron, you can bring in the next the next question. What's up, bro? I actually can't hear you. I think you're on mute. What's up? Can you hear me now? I can. Yeah. What's up, man? How are you doing? Good, good. Um, so I uh, just had two kind of quick questions. Um, I actually have been talking to NEPA a good amount because um, I, I managed Tutty, who's a guitarist, uh, kind of new to the scene. And, uh, NEPA was telling me about you. And um, basically what my question is, is like I'm a manager trying to get loops in the hands of different producers right now. And kind of like what uh, Jesus was just talking about, how rap is getting more and more melodic. Um, I've kind of started to notice like a lot of the producers I'm sending these loops to are both pop producers uh, that are on the traditional like pop side of things, like, um, you know, mainstream pop music and then hip hop producers, and they both like them. And I think that's really because they're both essentially making at this point the same type of music, but there's still kind of this gap between the two producers, uh, like producer communities. Um, I feel like there's kind of like the hip hop side and all the producers are really close and work together and like are kind of in the loop of what's going on with hip hop and then the pop side and like they're really disconnected. And, um, you know, I was just kind of wondering why you think that's the case and maybe why, um, or some like kind of creative ways to work in both almost industries. Cause they're really two separate industries, like effectively and efficiently. I think that's a big opportunity. A lot of producers and managers aren't really seeing right now. And I'm not really acting. They're really the products are, I mean, like, a beat that Roddy Rich is on now, like Dua Lipa could almost make a song on. Like they're still not quite there, but like they're getting closer and closer. Right, right. So, um, so I guess you, you're saying how how do you think we could uh, bridge that gap and you know kind of yeah, why that, that gap exists? Yeah. Right. So I guess the biggest thing. So it's crazy because I actually started out you know being one of the loop guys so mm -hmm. before you know when i first moved to atlanta that's kind of because i'm a concert pianist and that that was like the easiest way for me to kind of get acquainted into the industry um but the biggest thing i learned across my time of you know working with artists and and kind of coming up was um the 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 biggest thing that relies on kind of like how you place records is, is more or less like your relationship with these people so you know, and it and that and that is parallel to how good the music ends up turning out too. So for me, it's like you know, when I was sending out loops, it's like you're really just throwing darts at a dartboard and hoping that something sticks. And then when I really kind of transition from beatmaker to producer, um, that's kind of like I realized like it really breaks down to relationships. You know, like if I'm in the studio, for the most part, I might meet somebody that you know I just. I just become friends with i might not make a song with him for a year from now but like we you know we might be talking we might play call of duty or something and mm -hmm. it kind of like really stems from that so i guess like you know i think it really comes down to like you know how genuine those relationships are um i think that's really i think that's really where it starts um that's kind of that's kind of how i've i've done my best work and i think um it's actually ended up you know, that's how I've actually seen things kind of bridge because it's one of those things that you can't predict. And it, it really, it's kind of like, it's kind of like high school. If you think about it, everybody, everybody has their friend group, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like 
in the pop space, you're just going to have the people that are working in that space. And that's just like, like they just, you know, they're, they're friends because they just have a lot of similar interests and it's the same mm-hmm. story on the, on the hip hop side. So I think really like the best way to like, I guess, bridge that is, is really just, you know, being, uh, being more visible, you know, like that's the most important thing you can do is putting yourself out there essentially. And like, you know, like, kind of treating it not treating it as a hey let me get my music to you hey like you know let's be friends you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like i think that's the most important thing when it comes down to that kind of stuff because it's just like anything like you know when you're working in something like it's hard to work with people that you can't have a conversation with outside of what you're working on yeah so i really think i really think that's the I really think that that's the most important thing to um, to really consider when it comes to bridging to bridging that gap, and I guess being a manager trying to to move around uh, product, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. And then just kind of quick, kind of second part to that, and it really applies to you because you're like obviously a big artist manager. Is like, where do you see kind of the and I don't know why, but I've really been thinking about this. Like, when do you think or see opportunities for? guys that are traditionally hip-hop artists to start collabing with these more kind of pop singers and like that being normal because right now i feel like it's kind of like a one-off thing you know what i mean like a special project where a historically pop singer does a song with a rapper but like when do you think that's going to be normal and part of like mainstream music coming out all the time justin bieber working with like 2k baby or like i feel like that's something that the music world's kind of missing out on because they would work so well together. So like do you see that happening in the future and like if so how do you plan out Right. Uh, And I think it kind of breaks down to like, you know, everything kind of comes down to timing as well as like, like go back to what we were just talking about with relationship. I think, um, you know, a lot of things really break down to what's going on currently in the world. And does it make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, that's the most that's the most important thing uh, about, I think, um, kind of, you know, making that that happen more. And it's, I think, I think into what's going on today where we really are seeing it a lot more like versus like where there was a lot more clear lines between genres, you know, hip hop now I think is becoming pop, you know, like pop really is just popular music. So even with, even with pop, if we break down, like you said, an artist that you said was like Dua Lipa, you know, I think, um, you know, breaking it down, like, she has a specific genre and then something somebody like 2k baby has his own you know specific genre and both of them are technically pop so really when it comes down to it it's just more or less i think about timing and you know um if if the record is right for for both artists you know because i think it's really just about it's about the sound like justin bieber might not want to hop on a certain beat Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh whereas roddy rich might that might be the perfect song for him you know so you know sometimes you just don't want to force collaborations and that's something that i've really seen over time like even just watching artists in the studio like you know like sometimes you might think you know you hear somebody on this song but when they're vibing in the studio they're just like yeah like this is just not for me yeah you know so i really think i really think there's just a lot of factors that kind of come into play um I don't think it's that people don't want to do it. I, I really just think I really just think it's just about you know it just kind of comes down to 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 timing and just like the stars aligning, you know. Yeah, yeah. I definitely feel like over time it's just gonna get closer and closer the way things are kind of trending right now. 
Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And I, I really I really do. And yeah. and I'm hoping to see more of it, you know. I think I think we've seen a lot of it, you know. Yeah. So that's great. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Danny. No, most definitely. Thank you, bro. Peace. Hey, how's it going, Danny? How are you doing, bro? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Can you hear me all right? Yes, sir. Where are you all from, right. man? Hey, I'm from Michigan, man. Michigan. Oh, that's dope. I I have a lot of family in Michigan. I've lived there before. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I heard about you uh, from my good friend, Riley. That's, he kind of, like, put me on to, like, 2K Baby, and I, like, listened to him. I saw he had the video on Worldstar, and I'm like, oh, dude, this guy is great. So, like, I became a fan like that. So, shout out to Riley, and shout out to you and, like, all your success. No. But I, I had a question. So, uh, I'm a producer, and I kind of have, a, like, a production agreement going on um, with a certain artist, and we have production, we have an engineer, we have a dedicated videographer. Um, I, I'm just thinking about like, what's the next step do you think we should take just to start getting our music out to like a more broader and like bigger audience? Um, you said it, you gotta put it out, you know? That's the first step. So um, I think the formula is the team. You know, so you are, you're nailing it on the coffin. Like, I think, you know, like I, I break it down, like, you know, people try to come up with formulas and a lot of other things that, you know, are what make things work. But I really do think that, you know, it's about it's about capitalizing on the people around you and their strengths, you know, and making sure that, you know, they're they're, you know, working towards, you know, their strengths, because that's the most important thing. Like, you know, like even me being a producer. Right. So I would not be the producer I am today if it wasn't for my co-producer and engineer engineer uh, Alan, you know, um, that's that was that elevated my production to a whole nother level and being able to work alongside an engineer um that we built a sound together with it made you know it kind of created that avenue for me to have the first part and then the second part obviously like you have to be working with an artist you know and then you have to have you know a videographer um and you know just all of these things kind of come into play and then like making sure that the business side is handled, you know? Um, so, and, and another big important part is obviously making sure that you're putting a game plan together to get your stuff seen. I think, you know, um, you know, my partner YC actually, he was the one that really kind of put me on game a lot of things. So, um, when it comes down to the marketing side of things, like it's one thing to have a product, um, it's another thing to make sure that that product is put in front of people, you know? So really it's about putting together your team, putting together a game plan on how you're going to execute that plan and just making sure that, you know, you stick to it and never get discouraged if that one thing didn't work. Because the thing is, is you have to keep going. It's about that steady progression and constantly putting things out and being consistent with it. And if you're doing it and you're constantly doing it, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like you can't predict obviously like a catalyst that, you know, overnight you're going to go platinum, but you can at least, you can at least work your ass off and see some success. All right. Yeah. Uh, for sure. For sure, man. Thanks for the advice, man. I really appreciate it, man. Good luck to you guys. No, it was definitely bro. Thank you for coming. Hey, no problem. No problem. What's up, Mike? What's up, Danny? What's up? What's up, bro? How are you hey, doing? doing? Yeah. Um, I'm a producer. I'm from Boston, but I now live here in Miami. Um, I got one quick question. I wanted to know, um, do you guys believe in, like, YouTube ads and, like, Instagram promotion companies to, like, um, broaden your, like, a, 
Like, do you guys believe like that will help build like a, a genuine fan base? So I think I think it's very important for yourself to understand what those ads are doing. So mm -hmm. it's one thing it's one thing for you to really put promo behind your stuff. But the one thing that I learned, it's like you can pay for all the promo in the world. But if you don't know what that promo is, like, how do you know that it's the right promo for what you're exactly. trying to accomplish? You know what I mean? Okay. So with ads, I would say make sure that you learn how ads work and how they're going to be targeted and make sure that when you're purchasing ads for your stuff, make sure that, you know, you're advertising in places that, you know, that you, you, you know, you want to advertise to make sure that it's going to come back to you and actually bring people to your brand that are going to be, um, you know, consuming your brand. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, man. And the reason I'm in here, Danny, is because, I was actually talking to Franco before he joined and he said he wanted to ask both of you at the same time. But uh, I think you also just have to have realistic goals, you know, like, like if you're spending a hundred dollars, like expect to get a hundred dollars worth of what you're spending, you know? No, most definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I have one more question if that's okay with you guys. Um, I wanted to ask, um, what is the easiest way to like grab an A&R's attention? Like not an A&R, but like, um, labels, managers, stuff like that, you know, because sometimes you could go through the email and email them, but they're getting hundreds of emails, like, daily, you know, and it's hard to, like, um, stand out, you know what I mean? Right. So uh, kind of like what I was uh, telling uh, one of the earlier people, uh, I, I would, you know, I would just, you know, obviously put yourself out there, make sure that, you know, you're sending your best quality stuff. But the most important thing, it's like, there's two ways to approach things. Either you can shoot shots at the dark, you know, um, sending your beats out and, you know, like, you know, uh, and seeing what comes of it. Um, but the flip side of that, it's, it's really relationship building. So, um, you know, you can, you can have great relationships with A&Rs and managers and stuff like that just by putting yourself out there. And, you know, you can also take the route where you as a producer build the team and a game plan around an artist and, you know, get that artist visibly seen. And, and the people will come to you like with 2K, man, like he just put his head down and he worked his ass off. And, you know, like we never reached out to, you know, A&Rs and, and stuff like that. Like once once they started to see the work flourish, you know, over time. you know, they, they come to you. So it's just about it's just about executing your 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 game plan yeah yeah i completely agree man when you asked that question the first thing i thought of was like they're gonna come to you all you gotta do is work hard you know like that's the first thing i thought of when you asked that question was exactly what danny was just saying you know like i managed richie Pauf and he works and he sends out beats and he works in the studio with people at the same time you know like he'll send a beat to someone in la when he's in atlanta but he'll be in the studio with 2k baby or whoever's in atlanta and like we're doing both at the same time and then my email or my phone will blow up from some A and R. They'll be like, "Yo, like Richie just got a placement two days ago. I didn't even know about it. You know what I mean? Like, you just keep putting in the work, and it'll come to you. And maybe you think to yourself, well, you said you're in Boston. Yeah, yeah. I'm in Miami now, but I'm from Boston. Okay, so like, yeah. you might be in Miami working with some local artists, and it might not be popping. Start sending beats to someone in Atlanta, you know, or maybe take a weekend trip, drive to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like network. Yep. Just mix it up. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's all. I. That's all the questions I have for today. Thank you, guys. Though. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, bro. Yo, Aaron, you could bring in a uh, Rob and YC at the same time.
What's up? Yo, Danny. What's up? Quinn, my brother. How you doing, bro? I'm with AR2 right now. Oh, shit. Yes, sir. We in Miami. Mike, what's up? What's up? up? (laughs) Hey. All right. So, boom. Um, The question I wanted to ask you, Danny. I think they're muted. Oh, am I muted? No, I can hear you. Here, I'll jump out. Can you hear me, Danny? Can I can hear, hear me. You. Danny, can you hear him? No. I'm going to do a quick refresh. All right, can you hear him now? Aaron, you can just put Danny. Yo. I can hear you guys now. Yeah. Okay, bet. Yeah. Um, the question I have for you, Danny, was, um, you know what I'm saying? We know each other personally in real life. So I'm not going to ask, like, for any advice. I just called you for that, bro, but... I wanted to ask you, bro, as a producer and a manager, bro, and knowing 2K for however long you've known him, bro, how did it feel, you know what I'm saying, getting to this point, knowing, you know what I'm saying, that I guess you saw it from the beginning and y'all just kind of kept y'all's heads down and then seeing where y'all gone into where y'all are going now, how does that how does that feel in actualization when you see all your work and all the planning and vision, how do you see that actualized? And how does that feel for you personally? So the cool thing is, I think I can have YC kind of start answering this question because he was okay. he was even there from the the beginning, the beginning. Okay, what's happening, YC? What's up? What you asked? My bad, because I was, thought you was directing to him, so I wasn't even listening for real. Okay, now so my question was again, um, basically seeing both of y'all start from you know what I'm saying the beginning before there was any motion, just kind of it being the thought. And then y'all having these ideas and the visions. How does it feel now seeing where y'all are at and where y'all are going and projected to be? How does that feel seeing everything actualized and become like that reality that y'all kind of always envisioned, but always, but didn't really know was certain, but now for it to be certain, how does that feel having all of that actualized? That is like the greatest feeling you ever can have. Because you have so many people that doubt you. And yeah. so many people that win you off or side they don't they don't show their hate but they they don't help you get where you're going because your right. ideas may be too great for them or they may not see the vision so they put you to the side so us actually being able to do it and then them same people coming to us now is like man y'all did it congrats man i love you man. i won't yeah, work with you so they double back so it, it felt great because we ain't never disown them or just not like or say anything better about the people that do it you know what I'm saying? Because some people may not see your vision at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It takes time. It takes time sometimes for people yeah. to see what you, where you're heading, what you're gonna be. Right. So it's, yeah, kind of adding like on a... to that, I would say, um, I'd say the craziest thing is kind of like what I was saying earlier. It's like, you know, as a on the producer side of things, like, you know, it's one thing to be, you know, sending, you know, beats out and stuff, but like, kind of, you know, and you were there. You you saw it kind of like you used to come to the house even, you know, when we yeah. were just like working before all this stuff. Right. Um, you know, like uh, the the coolest thing, it's like, you know, you really see it when you see it from the ground up, like you really feel like, you know, that you manifested everything that you put together, you know, when, when, right. and, that's the, and that's the coolest and that's the coolest thing, because, you know, you, you start seeing the dots connect. And my favorite part about it is is the experience, you know, yeah. So now it's like I feel like I feel like, you know, you know, uh, you know, we can do it all over again. You know, and that's the that's that's the most that's the most fun part about all of it. Yo, uh, yeah. Congrats, guys! Everything's going crazy. I saw uh, 
I saw 2K Baby hit a million on TikTok. Yeah, that's dope. I still can't hear. Yeah, man. Damn it. He can't hear it. Gosh, damn it. All right, well, hey, yo, YC, I'm happy you ju- you stopped by. I think we're going to kick you out and then just have Danny and me continue. Yeah, okay. yeah kick me out. Let continue your thing. Do your thing, man. <laughs> Please. All right, cool. Yeah, I just had YC stop by to surprise you. For everyone watching or listening, YC manages 2K Baby with Danny, so that was just kind of like a hidden surprise. That was fun. <laughs> no, most definitely. I told him not to tell you, bro. I told him, I was like, just just join, but don't don't tell him you're coming. <laughs> that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> That's my brother right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, yo, um, let's see. We got someone in the comment section said, how do you know when it's time for an artist to take a major label deal? Keep building independently or take the deal? Is it, a, is it like about money or like the terms? And like, I'm going to let you answer that since 2K Baby signed. But real quick, in my opinion, I think it's really important to keep in mind like what you need as far as a team goes, you know? So like if you're an artist grinding with a manager, but you guys need help, like, don't be afraid to work with a label as long as the terms are right. Like, read your contracts and have a lawyer. But, like, sometimes what you need is a bigger team, you know? And if you can't get it organically, sometimes you get it from the label. Like, don't don't be afraid of labels. Like, you know what I mean? They don't all screw everyone over like, like the rumors go. But, like, you just got to, like, read your contracts. And if you need help or you need teams or you want a team, you might not even need it, but you might want to level up, do it. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't agree more with that, man. Um, you know, realistically, like I think you are the only one that can really assess what um, you know, what what you need, like what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. And I think from our experience of going through the process of getting signed, you know, we never really looked, you know, for the the, the most important thing was not the money to us, you know. Obviously, that's a very important factor. But, um, you know, besides that, it's like you can accept the money, but if the people that are around you are not the right people to get you to the next level, then, you know, like how, how, how do you know that you'll, you can, you can, you can jump up just by, you know, getting a bunch of money. So realistically, it does come down to, you know, when you're shopping around, I guess I would say, make sure that it's the right fit for you. And, you know, if you see yourself every day, like, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier can you pick up the phone and just talk about you know sports or just like just like random shit with like the people that you're working with and you know can those people also you know um uh feed your brain when it comes to you know moving you know you and your team's career forward so oh yeah no that's what's up man uh i want to interview you a little bit more but you know what there's this question that Jalen's been asking and I see him in the comments and he asked me yesterday, he, wanted to, he told me he wanted to ask you this. Um, how do you determine when a record is fully mixed and mastered correctly? He just, he just wants to know, like from your opinion. So um, that's a, that's a hard question to answer because it's like, I'll give you like old streets, bro. We went through like 50 to a hundred like versions of, of like the mix and the master. I went through a hundred sub sounds to get like, cause you know, that's like how detailed we are. And it's like, yeah. you never really know, you know, but the, like, I guess the first step of the process is making sure the technicalities of the record are right. You know, like if, you know, you have to make sure that your gain staging is where it needs to be. You have to make sure that, um, 
you know like uh, just like the basics of mixing and mastering are are there and then from that point on it's really up to you know your ear like that's and that's and i think that's kind of where you know great producers are are made it's because you know they there's there's a technical aspect of it and then there's the creative side in mixing and mastering you know and that's kind of where i you know when i hear somebody like a mike dean and i hear his mixes and stuff it's like you know like you just never know what to expect because you know he he approaches it in a creative way and it's really all about what you're trying to accomplish i think oh yeah you know thanks for so many thoughtful answers man like I'm learning a lot about you just by watching you get interviewed by other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun, man. Like I said, I guess this is, this is the first time I've been interviewed, so I'm I'm glad that I get to do it with you, man. Hell yeah. Well, yo, um, I didn't know. What'd you say? You were you were a classic pianist. Yeah. So um, I was a classically trained pianist before I was even producing. So I used to actually travel with artists uh, when I was younger. Um, I was their keyboardist and, and their pianist, but I completely stopped when I was 18 and, uh, I picked up production just off some random shit in college when I was 21, cause where we're from in Louisville, Kentucky, um, Bryson Tiller was really the first person that came out. And that's when like a lot of people were like, like, oh shit, like it's actually possible to make it out of here. So I just kind of fucked around with it. And, you know, next thing I know, like I'm a music producer. <laughs> So, well, I wanted to ask you about the Dream and Harp edition. Like, is that your idea? The the like the like the the record or like the the video concept. The record. So it's crazy because obviously the the original version of Dreaming is actually a funny story. We were we made that when you know in the process of you know us deciding whether or not we wanted to sign to a label. And that was one of the records we had made uh, kind of alongside, you know, A&Rs watching us work. Um, and our whole thing is, is uh, you know, big aspect of our, like how we move our stuff is how we really put our marketing strategies together. Um, so knowing that 2K Baby is a really, you know, he, he came up off of freestyling, right? Like he freestyled and that's kind of how he blew up. We, I guess, added a different element. And I think YC actually had found um, our guy, Harp Season Official. He's really, he's a really great guy. He's actually a producer and does a lot more stuff like on in the UK scene. Excuse me. And um, he just so happened to be in Atlanta and, you know, invited him to the house. And we we didn't know how it was going to turn out. And, you know, him and 2K recorded this, uh, this like Harp freestyle and it went nuts and that's kind of when we were like yo like like because we released it before the record everybody was like we need a version of with the heart so like literally we invited um we invited him over um me and my co-producer alan uh and we pretty much put together put together the record like that night and uh you know then put it out so but that's actually it's actually funny you asked about that record that's my personal favorite record on the project so i was gonna say that's my personal favorite bro that's that's uh that's one of my favorite songs period (laughs) (laughs) shit that's a big that's a big compliment that's a that's a good song bro That's, that's just a good song um i love that song well yo i mean so here's my final question for you, bro. Um, I know videos are like really important to 2K Baby's career, right? 
Right. Like, talk to us a little bit about how you guys view videos and like what's next because it's like the freestyle videos, the music videos, uh, the like tribute videos where he like goes in over someone else's song or beat, like the TikTok videos. Like you guys are like, you guys are really kind of killing it with videos, bro. Like much more than a lot of other people are. So like, just tell us like your approach and like your thought process, but then also like what's next? Like what can we expect next? Right. So, um, you know, you hit it on the dot, you know, like videos are, are very important. Um, essentially, essentially to us, like content is king. So whether that, that doesn't matter how that content comes, it just so happens to be that, you know, video content with 2K really resonates with people. So, um, so that's kind of why we spend so much time making sure that we create a lot of that content. Because um, you just never know how how it's how it's gonna come out. You know, we make so much video content, um, and we don't put nearly half of it out. You know, um, but it's just about constantly experimenting and and you know really trying to give the fans what they want. So um, uh, I guess with that, it's like you know we like to use the videos to make our creative visions come to life. You know, we want we want people to look at this video and be like like. Like, this is what these guys were thinking when they were in the studio bullshitting and trying to come up with this shit. You know what I mean? So, um, and uh, I think the best example of that was our music video, Better, actually. That's one of my favorite mu music videos that we put together because, you know, we we really want, we're, we're big on philanthropy and giving back. That's a big part of, we don't really publicize it very much, but, you know, we, we do a lot, you know, behind the scenes. Um, you know, and that was that was a really good kind of way to show, you know, kind of what 2K's baby is really all about and what the 2K brand is about. So um, kind of looking forward, um, we're actually working on a lot of videos right now. Um, we're we're definitely we're definitely about to start coming hard with new music. So um, we're really we're really about to we're about to go crazy. So um, right now. For us, it's really just about making sure that we're working with the right people um, and working with, you know, the people that really want to, you know, that are really passionate. And it's not about working with the biggest names. It's about working with the most passionate people that want to help us bring our visions to life. So um, and that's kind of and that's kind of really how it is. And, you know, I think that I think that's something that. Um, that every artist should should make sure of. I actually, you know, learned that from, you know, watching the QC roster. Just like they will, they will, like I from I have some friends in that in that in that building, and, and they tell me whenever they're about to film a music video or do anything, they will cancel all interviews, all everything because, you know, like, you know, that's the most important thing to them, and and kind of how they how they portray who they are as people. So, damn. Well, yo, sometimes we do quote cards and. When you said that I saw Charlie's face light up because I could see Charlie backstage, you said uh, sometimes it's not about working with the biggest people. It's about working with the most passionate people to bring the vision together. That mm -hmm. was a, that was a good quote, bro. That's the truth, man. It's not always about the smartest or the most connected or the richest or anything like that. You got to have passion. Everything's about passion in this game. No, most definitely. And that's, that's, that's where I've seen it. You know, I've seen it work the best, you know, whether it's in the studio, you know, working with producers um, or even with videographers or, or anything like, you know, the most fun we've had was was working for the, you know, not for working with the people that want it the most. 
you know, and you can, you feel the energy, you know, you really do. That's the magic. Oh yeah. Well, yo, uh, I'll be watching, bro. I'll be watching. I'll be watching you. I'll be watching 2K Baby. I'll be watching the TikToks. You know, I'm waiting to get my TikTok shout out. I'm just waiting. <laughs> you got to come do a TikTok with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yo, Aaron, you want to jump back in? That was just pretty cool what you just said right there. That uh, don't worry about the biggest people. It's about people that's most passionate. I really like that, you know? it. I just... The way I think of it is like the people who are most passionate are the people that's the, they're more hungry for success and stuff like that. The people who already got it, they get lazy, they slow down and stuff like that. And so like, especially if you're somebody who's really passionate and, and you see that and you notice that, it makes you even more of like a threat to me. It's like, you understand when you get here, you can get lazy. But when you get, when you know that from the bottom, it's like, oh, now you reach your top and now you're not slowing down at all. It's like, I understand that. I like what you no, said. Definitely. So you said it best, man. It's about it's about that hunger. Strive for what? You know, judge somebody on on what they strive to achieve, not what they've already achieved. You know? 100%. Damn, dropping gems. <laughs> Yo, did you meet Aaron when you came to the office? I don't think I did get to meet you, Aaron. I don't I'm think I did get you next. Aaron probably we gotta come back soon. Yeah, Aaron runs our Twitch studio. So, you know, next time you come through, if you want to get if you want to get it handed to you in a video game or something, you know, Aaron, is <laughs> that's a fact. That's I'm going to have to wait you in some 2K. Nah. Aaron, you're right. Okay, yeah, you might. <laughs> Aaron's from Atlanta. Yeah. Fulton oh, County, Clayton County. You have to pull up on us, bro. Come on. I know. I'm going to come back to the south, man. This this <laughs> north, it ain't, it ain't hitting right. It is cold, man. That's why we came out here. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit. All right. Well, yo, Aaron, you got any questions or anything or else we're done? Uh, not really. I, I, every question that was already asked, he just knelt it and he gave more than what was needed. And so I'm thankful for that. It's nice, nice meeting you, too. I'm definitely going to come up to New York so I can spank you around in Mortal Kombat, some other games. <laughs> you can have 2K, but <laughs> that's not we'll my game. Two K is not my game. I could, I could attest to that. I've seen Aaron play two K versus some people. In fact, we had a. Uh, did you play six four five AR? I think that was not. That was Amari who played him. Amari, but you didn't play him either. Mm-hmm. I didn't play him. Okay. I, I played play him. I played Quando, uh, and who else? You played Low Guided or no? I don't think I played Low Guided. No. You played Kimba. Yep, I played Kimba. And he was the Celtics, right? Yeah. I'm talking about the scores like 100, 100 something to my 20 to 40. I'm just, oh, that's shit. Game. <laughs> he's got it, got it. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't play that game. Now, in real life, that's a different story. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know? man. You're going to have to get wiped in that shit, too. Nah, nah. <laughs> Omari beat 645 AR? Yeah, I think so. Yep. With the, with the Bucks. Oh, yeah, you're right. And then you had to do push-ups. I remember now. Yeah. No, I, the reason I brought him up is because he was on the stream earlier. I don't know if you saw Aaron. He, 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 he jumped in to say what's up. Oh, snap. No, I did not. He was in the background of someone else's uh, – someone else was asking a question. He was in the background, and uh, he jumped in to say what's up. So we could have we could have brought it up with the memories of him getting beat in, this, in the office. That's, I mean, something, that's something you can look forward to, Danny. <laughs> well, next time, man. I'm looking forward to it. I knew we said. All right, cool. Well, yo, I'm out, bro. Uh, 
I guess we'll talk to you later. But yo, thanks a lot. And for everyone watching, it's 1.37 p.m. on Instagram, 1.37 p.m. on Twitch, 1.37 p.m. if you want to get a new tattoo. You know what I'm saying? 2K Baby on TikTok. Go follow. Go follow. I just told Richie we rich. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, subscribe, rate, and review. And stay tuned for episodes every Monday.